This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold one or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Fratelloni and your host, Chris Reavers. Time again for the Weekly Scramble. My name is Chris Reavers. By my side, his name is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Good day to you, sir. How you doing, Reavers? I'm okay. Uh, you know, you <laughs> you sent me a story this morning, and I can't wait to discuss it what with I you. What I really want to do is I want to pose this as a question What would to you. you do? <laughs> what how much would you want? Let's just start it with that. Okay. Then I'm going to tell you the story. Then I want you to tell me how much would you want. All right. Okay. Lay it on me, brother. So if people don't, haven't heard this story, it is amazing. A Boston hotel guest was awakened in the middle of the night by federal agents who barged into his room, handcuffed him, threw him into the shower, and interrogated him for an hour before they realized they entered the wrong room. Mm. It was a departmental FBI in the Department of Defense stormed the innocent man, innocent man's room at the Revere Hotel instead of the correct room while they were role-playing as a suspect. He, they thought he was role-playing as a suspect because they had set this thing up, but the agents went to room 1505, which was the wrong room. Ooh. And they ended up getting a confused... Delta pilot, who's in his 30s, at 10 p.m., he was sleeping. They broke into his room, dragged him out of his bed, interrogated him for one hour as they sat him in the bathtub. And, of course, they think he's role-playing by saying, "Uh, guys, I don't know what's going on. Like, you have the wrong guy. Of course, he'd be saying that. And they're, of course, knowing that this guy's acting so well. Why is he peeing himself? He's really doing good at this, right? Can you imagine how that could ever, ever, ever happen? In today, today's world, first off, nothing surprises me anymore. To the point that I'm, I'm trying to figure out what would shock me anymore. So th- no, I'm not surprised they that this pushed would happen. Him into the, they pushed into the room, handcuffed him, put him in the shower for an hour as they interrogated him. So kind of tortured him, yes. right? So. A couple of questions here before mm-hmm. I ask you how much, yep, right? Yep, yep. Um, what hotel in their right mind says, yeah, okay, we have guests on room on level 15. That was going to be one of my questions. But as you're well. welcome to like do your staging, like this, this blast of FBI agents running through the hotel on level 14 or whatever they, whatever they were meant to be. Yep. How could you ever do that in an active working hotel, right? It doesn't seem possible. But my question that I really have for you is how much? All right. Now, so let me reiterate some of the points with this Mm -hmm. story. This was at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. They were in there for an hour. Interrogating him. Interrogating him for an hour. And he apparently was already in bed because he probably had to get up at about what three o'clock in the morning to get to the airport. Pilot, he's pilot, right? He's got to he's got to get someplace tomorrow. I think my starting point because I know eventually it will settle out of court. I'm starting high at about ten mil, and then that way I'm going to be probably working down for well they're going to barter back with one, 
and then we might settle on five. You know, I get that it's an accident. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't blame the FBI. I don't blame the Department of Defense. You kind of have to. I mean, you blame them, right? I, I, I'm going to blame them. Yeah. Let me restate that. I'm blaming them, but I don't think it was malicious. Of course, it was just an accident. Accidents happen. But this gentleman is 30 years old. He's a pilot. Pilots, I don't know if you know this, if you fly a wide-body plane for Delta, you make 596000 bucks a year. Oh, wow. So he's, he's doing a good that. job, right? Smaller planes, you make about 400000 So that's that's the numbers that that's I hear. Yeah. It's great yeah. money. Is he going to be able to lay down in a hotel room the next time he gets to Milwaukee, next time he gets to Denver and say, okay, I'm going to relax. This is fine. No one's going to bust into my hotel room, interrogate me in the shower for 45 minutes or an hour and find out later on, oh, I'm, we're so, we apologize. We had the wrong room. It was all just a funny, I mean, he could legitimately ask for 10 million bucks because he's going to make roughly $1 million every other year. He's only 30. He can fly till he's 60. So he has 15 million bucks he could make over his lifetime at his current rate. And he might never be able to go to work again. I, I think if someone did that to me, I'd be a little cautious staying at a Days Inn again or wherever I was staying, right? Well, if he's knocking on that kind of coin, I'm going to guess it's well, not a Well, he's at the hotel that they're putting him up, like the, the where they put the pilots up, right? It's just Revere Hotel. I don't know which one, okay. what I'm, brand I'm that unfamiliar. is. I'm unfamiliar. But I'd surely feel completely uncomfortable ever being in a hotel room again. There is some pain and suffering. They're going to have to pay this guy, and it's going to have to be unbelievably substantial. Yeah, I agree with that. But it did remind me of a couple of times where I was staying uh, at a room. And um, one time it was with my family. And another time it was when I was just traveling for work purposes. And um, there was the knock at the door. The time with my family, it was literally uh, a young man. He's probably a teenager thinking that he his family was staying in a room. I said, oh, bud, you got the wrong room, which... I had a good chuckle about it because then you're staying there for a couple of days, so mm-hmm. you, you keep seeing the sure. kids. So you, this was in, when we were in San Diego a few years ago, but the other time was when um, <clears throat> I was traveling and I was in the city of Atlanta, and uh, I was only there for two. Was I there for? I was only there for two nights, and this was one a.m. And I, I'm fast asleep. I, you know, made a mess of my side. I got food all over the joint. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm fast asleep. And then I hear the, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, no. I'm just, gonna, I'm going to ignore yeah. it. I'm going to ignore it. And, and, and it'll, it'll go away. Right. Cause I'm thinking, oh, it's some drunk that's staying with buddies or whatever. But the knocking persisted. Okay. And kept going and kept going. And after I said, finally, like, I better get up because this idiot's not going to stop knocking on my door. So finally, and I had the, because I, I, and this is the very reason why I always use the the oh, secondary sure, lock sure. or the whatever, the chain yeah. or whatever they've got, because my wife makes fun of me. She says, why do you always set that? Well, because other yeah. people have access to this yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're more than one key. And if them. it's, you know, the rare occurrence that something might be happening, yeah. honey, yeah. I don't want someone walking, yeah, walking in on in. that. <laughs> Chances oh, are very the rare. is exceptionally good looking. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, here's this guy who's in his mid to late 20s, and he is bombed. Annihilated, yeah. Bombed. And he looks at me and says, where's, you know, Christy? I'm just picking a name because I can't remember what name he said. Um, I said, oh, oh, bro, you got the wrong room. I'm I'm in here by myself. No, man. She, 
she said that she is in room 318 and that I, I should stop by. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, oh, dear God. No. So then Reaver's brain goes to, okay, and I say this in many different situations, what's going to be the best story for me? Okay. Okay. So... Yeah, I'd like to see this guy go away, but you know what? You I'm want to already prove up. to him that he's. I'm you're already alone. up. No. Um, he's already ruined my night's sleep, so let's have some fun with this guy, oh, right? No. I said, dude, I'm telling you, she's not here. No, no, man. And, and so I said, okay, come with me. Come with me. Come with me. I said, look. And it's a very small sure. hotel room. I said, look, does it look like anybody's in here? There's nobody in the bathroom. There's, oh, man. I'm so, uh, and I said, you know, she just left. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And then, so he's walking out, he's walking out, like, what? What? And I said, I'm just messing with you. He's like, oh, oh, man, you, you got me. You got me. I thought you were going to tell me that you let him sleep on your couch. Like, no. Just lay God, down, no. dude. You're you're sick. But I, I literally, the, the, the thought crossed my mind. I'm thinking, am I going to have to call the police? Like, is this, but he yeah. finally just Do came to, to the realization that, Hey, I'm sorry, man. She's, she's not here. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but yeah, this pilot of this story to hotel wrap the story up fun. hotel stories are fun, but the, the pilot refused medical attention after. So at some point in time, EMS was called because sure. right? they said, Oh my yeah. God, we got the wrong guy. So he refused med- medical attention. So they weren't just like, they didn't just handcuff him and set him down. Right. They must've been doing something to him. And I, 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 I feel so badly. I'd love wow. to have this guy say something. He said, hey, I can't say anything until I talk to my, my uh, the you know, the company, right, to yep. say, hey, I need yep. to talk to Delta first to see what What's I can say. What's protocol here? What's Which, protocol? Exactly. I, I need to get out this. Yep. But this, this reminds me, this story doesn't remind me of a story, but now that you regaled us with that wonderful story, <laughs> I have a, a set of friends that were on their anniversary, and they went downtown Minneapolis. Oh. And they got a hotel room because they were like, okay, we're going to go out and drink, and it's going to be fun. This was year, safe. years yep. ago, right? And this guy is an adult. He's like a businessman adult, right? And he's not prone to be, he's fun, but he's not a wild guy, right? Mm -hmm. So in the middle of the night, he's uh, slept naked because, you know, they were, that's maybe too much, but it's important to the story. No, I'm I'm thinking, oh God, where is this going to go? So he gets up to use the restroom in the middle of the night. He opens up the door, steps out into into the restroom, closes the door behind him and realizes he's walked out into the hallway completely naked. Oh, no. That's not so bad because of course all he had to do is turn around and wake up his passed out wife that he cannot wake up. Oh no. So he has to go down to the elevator, down to the oh, lobby, no. completely completely naked no. in the middle of the night in a hotel in downtown. When he tells the story reverse when he tells the story, you cry with laughter because you can you can feel the anxiety oh, of like, no. I just locked the door and he's banging on the door, banging on the door to get his wife to wake up. Nothing, right? So obviously, I think where this story goes, it's a funny anecdote. It's a funny story. But really, he's such a man and he's such a protector and such a great husband that his wife, when someone's banging on the door... She's like, it doesn't concern me because my husband's here. He'll take care of that. She's so relaxed <laughs> and she's so confident in their love. She was not startled she's like, by she's said like, intrusion. I, you know, if someone banged on my hotel room door, I'm up, right? I'm oh, in yeah. fight or flight. Like, yeah. what's going on, right? She's not even, because she knows she's got this guy with her. Little did she know he was out standing outside wow. uh, holding himself with one hand and knocking on the door with another. Wow. It, it was, the way he tells the story reverse is the best thing in the world. It's so so fun. That is uh, 
That's funny. I should get him on to just tell that story. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, I, I, I can't really relate to that one. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a choir boy by any, by any stretch of the imagination, but boy, that's. Yeah. I've never made that mistake. I've never done that. That's funny. You know, yeah. You know, like, uh, um, when people drink and they pee their bed, you've heard those stories, sure, right? Sure, yep. I just, it, it, it's never happened to me. And I think if I would have peed my bed once as a 23-year-old drinker or whatever, mm-hmm. I would have never had another drink. I would say, nope, nope. I, I need to be more not in control. For me. It's not for me. If I'm peeing the bed, I'm not going to do it. So a subject that pretty much dominated the show a week ago mm-hmm. has an odd twist this particular Ooh, what week. what is this? Well, last week we spent um, a lot of time on... Budweiser, or in this specific case, Bud Light's mm-hmm. decision to go with Dylan Mulvaney as a, not a spokesperson, but using her image on some of their, uh, on some of their, was it their they, cans? They just sent her some cans, right? But then they paid her to do a, a spot saying, oh, they sent and me cans. And- the backlash was so significant once the Bud Light consumer had realized this, that not only did their sales plummet, but they fired the entire marketing advertising and marketing uh, department over as a result of this. But this I file under the pandering must stop mm-hmm. because every company does it. Yep. No one's immune from it. Yep. Uh, every company panders to their base. But Budweiser basically created the... Uh, what would you call it? The the true American brand. Oh yeah, yeah. you know that's surfaced on social media. Mm-hmm. When some I I don't know who said this, but it's so spot on. Where screams Budweiser pl- claiming, please tell us what to do. Yes, yeah. you know because they realize they, know, they can't get out of this such hole. trouble. But yeah. you had an interesting conversation with so, someone in the industry. Yeah, one of our friends that owns some liquor stores. I called him up and I said, "Hey, do me a favor. Like, just look up your Bud Light sales at your Minneapolis location." He's like, "Why?" And he hadn't heard of this. I had said, zero clue. I, I said, "Really?" And I said, "Well, here's what happened." I tell him the story, and I said, "I just was wondering if your Bud Light sales are down." And he says, "Well, let me let me just check." And so he hadn't been paying attention to the Bud Light sales. It's a very crafty uh, uh, liquor store, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't sell a lot of Bud Light. On a normal week, he sells 29 cases of Bud Light. Okay. This last week, he sold two. Wow. And he's like, "Wait, that that's that's impossible." That's an impossible that we only sold two. Wow. And sure enough, he was right. 95% drop. And he, he's like, and that's I just one store. That's just one store. But he's also like, I wouldn't even imagine people in Minneapolis knew about it. I'm like, but light drinkers did. Bud Light drinkers did. And yeah. Bud Light drinkers were like, what is going on? What are we doing? Why are you even playing this game? Why are you alienating your base? It, you know, and I, I thought about this question well after the fact of our show wrapping up, but is it possible? Because you are you're one of the smartest business guys that oh, I know. Oh, that's so nice of you. Well, but I'm serious. You're, you know, well, I ask you a lot of stuff when we're not doing do, the but show. I, and but I, you have no idea if what I say back is logical. But yeah, but you're very convincing. <laughs> okay. So I just believe everything you, you tell me. I say it with authority. But with a company that's this seismic, you know, a company mm. that has this type of brand, this type of reach, this type of recognition, with a sharp decline like that, is is a company like Anheuser Busch or it's it's InBev. That's yeah, InBev, that's the yeah, parent yeah. company. W- will they recover from something like this, oh, or yeah. or will it or will it really hamper them and and hinder them for the long haul? Um, you know, I think it's going to take a little while, but I think it's going to be right back. Right. So uh, obviously, we know stock price doesn't change the value of of a company. 
to the company. It changes the value of the of because hmm. the, we own the stocks, right? The company doesn't own the stock, right? Does that okay. make sense? Yes, good point. So Anheuser Busch stock lost over five billion dollars in market cap in one week. Wow. Five billion dollars, but they're With everyone's like. What's that? With a B. With a B. And and they're saying, oh, you know, Anheuser-Busch is taking this. InBev is taking this. It's like, no, it's everybody who owns Anheuser-Busch and InBev. All these mutual funds that own it are taking a $5 billion hit. Wow. Right? Because, you know, some people at Bud Light might own some shares, right? They own some shares. But it doesn't really change their day-to-day. So um, they're just going to take the hit on Bud Light for a while. But that's like destroying a brand like... Corona, like having a disease named after it. <laughs> remember, remember when that? Right? Remember when coronavirus was first coronavirus instead of I, COVID nineteen? I was, it was still, called the coronavirus. I, I was still bartending when we first learned of coronavirus, and that's how it was ordered at the place that I was working at. Yeah. Give me a couple of those coronaviruses. <laughs> get it? Yes. Yeah, I I get it. This is the sixth time I've heard it today, but yes, I I get I get it. Um. I was drinking a lot of White Claw till that disease came. White, white Chlamydia came. You still get this because it's, you know. <laughs> that, was, that was a classic <laughs> joke. Because we had the coronavirus and then White Chlamydia. Yes. And that was, uh, yes, I remember okay, that. You remember that joke? So the, that's when I, we were still joking about COVID, by the way. Yeah. You, you had called me up one time. This is going back a few years now. And you said, hey, I think they're going to close the airports. And I said, Reavers. The chances of them closing air travel are zero. They're never going to do it. And guess what? You were right. Yeah. Right? And then you also told me just a few days ago that you think all of the fiat currency that we have in the United States is going to be worth nothing in about three <laughs> weeks. And I said, God, please tell me you're wrong. Because <laughs> if you're right like you were on the coronavirus, I am screwed. Um, so... The reason I asked you about the the, the shift or, or will Bud Light slash Budweiser slash InBev recover from think? this? Well, the only reason I asked you that is because I recall whatever – I have a, so I have a really good friend that lives in the heart of St. Louis, is one of the most diehard Cardinals baseball fans I know. In fact, I just went to a game uh, there a couple Saturdays ago with him on my way back from Florida. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I asked that is because I remember, and I don't remember the year, but I remember when uh, the Bud, the the Bush family, when they sold the company to InBev, mm-hmm. however many years ago that that was. Uh, my friend Nate and I went down to go visit my buddy Kurt, our buddy Kurt, and went to a game. And he was uh, he he's a guy he works in the business. He he does radio, and so. His job was he does a lot of the pre and post game stuff uh, at this great spot that no longer exists called Mike Shannon. Mike Shannon is a legendary broadcaster and player for the Cardinals. And Kurt would work at his bar to kind of, hey, let's get the crowd going and let's go watch the birds. You oh, know, one it. of those yeah, bits. Yeah, hype guy. And I remember going, hey, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get us some beers. And I'm I'm in St. Louis. I'm going to a ball game. It's 80 degrees out. Mm-hmm. I'm buying a Budweiser, right? That's what you do, right? You're in St. Yeah, L- gotta. And and the, the bartender who knew my friend, and then by just knew me because he knew mm-hmm. I was Kurt's buddy. He goes, you know, nobody in town drinks that crap anymore. I said, what? And he said, oh yeah, we're we're they, they basically turned on them because they weren't because um, they they weren't St. Louis's sure, beer anymore. Sure. And so I'm wondering now with this added on top of that, well, let me give you an example of why I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Remember way back 40 years ago? You remember 40 years ago? I was 5. A little product called Tylenol. Someone was poisoning Tylenol on the um the manufacturing line. I'm completely unfamiliar so with the story. 40 years ago, 
I remember this kind of vividly. Everyone pulled every Tylenol bottle out of their houses, threw it away. So was this an it inside was someone, job? Yeah, someone was poisoning uh, Tylenol tabs, and it was killing people oh across the United God. States. I did and not I can't know remember this. how many people were killed, but it was in 1982, and. Um, People between seven people between the ages of 12 and 35 died, right? So it was a big deal wow. from taking this poisoned Tylenol. Well, I knew that story, you didn't, but in those last 40 years, Tylenol has found course, a way to recover. It, it, it yeah. you know, it and it didn't just recover last year, it recovered shortly thereafter. I think a product like, and I do believe a product like Bud Light has the ultimate power to fix this, and that's to lower their price by 50% for four weeks, <laughs> and more people will drink Bud Light than ever have drank Bud Light in their entire lives. Right? Okay, so it's funny you say that because, uh, out of general curiosity, because you had mentioned that last week. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I stopped in. There's this place that you know th- that's in my town, and I, I was just curious to see if they had done the very same thing. And they had the the Bud Light seltzer, uh, the 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 high octane stuff. I think it's eight okay. percent. And normally I th- think it's about twenty bucks for a twelve pack. And in this particular store, it was on, and it had the big sale for eight ninety nine oh. or whatever. So, so I'm, you were but willing I, to but sell I'll, yourself out for an eight ninety nine Bud Light seltzer. But I, I will say this: this, this is a place that routinely will mark down stuff that okay. they might have. So I don't know if it was just because they had excess of it or or whatever the case might have been. But it was, it was just funny that that happened to be just a few days after the fact that we had we had talked about it. You know what I think Bud Light should do is they should say, hey. Calm down, everybody. Calm down. It was one thing. We're going to buy everybody in America a Bud Light. Go to the liquor store. Ask for your Bud Light. We're handing them out, right? We're buying everybody in America a Bud Light. Settle down. This isn't that big a deal. Let's yeah, move on. Because I'll be honest. I, I mean, I don't care. You don't care. I, I, I don't care. But I don't buy it anyway. I don't drink, be, the, I don't instead, drink it anyway. Instead, what they did care. is they... They tried to come out with that another ad that had the Clydesdales, yes. right? And then in one of the Clydesdales that had lipstick on, I'm like, what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> didn't, they didn't do that to the guys. But they they did like an America beer. And I think instead the, the president should get on and do a commercial and say, we are getting nuts in this country. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't penalize a company because we did one marketing thing. Right, mm-hmm. we shouldn't, and you shouldn't. Um, we shouldn't be able to have twice the sales because of one marketing event, and we shouldn't have half the sales because of it. And then you should say, "I want everybody to enjoy a Bud Light on me." Go to your local bar. We're putting kegs in all the local bars. Go out there, have a Bud Light on me. And they should give away enough Bud Light because they're going to have some extra. Give away Bud Light for two weeks because their production is going to be their production is. What are right, we going to do? What with are we going to do with it? Right, yeah. and give it away and say relax. We cannot do this to each other. And I think that would play infinitely better or than what they did. even better, or not even better, but, or should they do the, we're sorry? No, 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 because they'd have to say, we're sorry because how you felt about it, right? I don't think there is a we're sorry. Okay. I don't think you need to say it, right? Okay, okay. They tried something, it didn't work, right? It didn't work. But I think in some part, someone needs to step up and say the emperor has no clothes, yeah. meaning this is not a big deal, right? Yep, yep. It is not what we think it is. Our, the downfall of society doesn't happen because they sent um, Dylan a uh, case of Bud Light with her picture on it, yeah, right? It, yep. That doesn't change the world. And I, I think one thing, I'm, I'm becoming, uh, do you know what stoicism is? Mm, I've heard the word. Okay, it's like, it's... Um, a bunch of philosophers that say, you know, control what you can control, sure, right, and let the rest just go, right, and and this is I can't control what Bud Light does, I can't control them, no, 
nor does it matter to me what no, Bud Light does. Really but why care. do I get so passionate about it? I don't know. Why am I going? I, do, I know why. Why? Business practice. It, it Because it, it was a dumb yep. business move, right? Yep. It seemed like a dumb business move, but mm-hmm. everybody can make dumb business moves. I've I make them, never seen you as hot coming into a... a, a, a a pre-show discussion yeah. that we typically have than you were last week. It was. It was. I've done dumb things in business. Everyone does, right? You just. You just do them because right? you got to try. You got to try some stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, strangely, and and this is one of my favorite dumb things that I ever done. There, there's something called the Cable Ace Award for advertising, right? So when you make a cable TV ad, you can win this thing called the Cable Ace Award. And so we made our commercials. Like I kind of, um, I had a director, but I kind of wrote them and I planned out what we were going to say. And we were doing a Christmas tree ad in the middle of summer. So we walked up to this this spruce tree, and I had an actor buddy of mine talking about, hey, in a little bit, you're going to become something really special. And he's talking to this live tree about how it's <laughs> – and the, the ad was so dumb and so out of it that I had to do something. So I decided to, like 75 yards in the background, run naked across the background. <laughs> Right. So as you see, Are you making I'm not this making up? this up. Okay. So as you see the actor talking about the Christmas tree in the in the background, you see little Mike running naked across the back <laughs> of the thing. Right. You can't see anything because I'm so, Cause far, so back, far away. Right? I'm so far back. But it added a little fine tuning to the ad. Well, sure enough, we end up winning a cable ace award. For You're that. kidding. No. Me. The worst part was, is the guy who directed it basically pointed the camera at me as I'm running naked kept it and it's so I don't have anything on my shelf to show that it even happened. I don't even have a copy of the ad. Wow. I know. And now I bet you all the women that are listening to the show are thinking to themselves, I'm gonna search for that ad on YouTube, on YouTube so I can see Mike <laughs> naked. I'm gonna tell you. It's not that exciting. Right. And just just go ahead and say it. Yeah, so um that was one of my examples of a stupid one that actually turned out to be quite good because right sometimes sometimes the dumber the ads, the better they are. Yeah. Um <laughs> all right, so I wanted to bring this story up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I wanted to get your I want to get your blind reaction to this because I'm not sympathizing with the individual because he's in this spot for a particular reason, but I find it hilarious because I just read a book that had to deal that 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 dealt with something of this manner. All right. Okay. Um we're going to the state of Mississippi. I love it. A last meal before a prisoner's execution is a tradition. One inmate in Mississippi took it to a whole new level recently. Gary Carl Simmons Jr., known as The Butcher, for crimes he committed that included dismembering Jeffrey Wolf, 21, over a drug-related incident, was sentenced to die in prison. However, he reportedly wanted to go out with the bang. Simmons, who who fed Wolf's remains to an alligator back in 1996, hmm. which I didn't know that was a thing. What? I always thought it was pigs. You know, in The uh, Sopranos, it was... alligators will eat but anything. I, yeah, apparently. Depending if you're... Yeah. So, uh, reportedly had a final meal that included various dishes, cuisines, and styles in a massive final plate. 
The prisoner reportedly requested a meal that came out to more than a week's worth of calories. Hmm. 29,000. Yeah, that's a couple weeks worth of calories. According to GulfLive.com, the following was his last meal. One, and I'm sure they love this promotion, one Pizza Hut medium super supreme deep dish pizza, which double portion with mushrooms, onions, jalapeno peppers, and pepperoni. Those are good. I'm with him so far. We both have the same taste in food so far. I do love uh, Pizza Hut's deep dish. It's super good. Um, A regular portion pizza with three cheeses, olives, bell pepper, tomato, garlic, and Italian sausage. Ten eight-ounce packs of Parmesan cheese. Ten eight-ounce packs of ranch dressing. Hmm. One family-sized pack of Doritos nacho cheese flavor. 8-ounce jalapeno nacho cheese, 4-ounce sliced jalapenos, 2 large strawberry shakes, 2 20-ounce cherry Cokes, 1 supersized order of McDonald's fries with extra ketchup and mayonnaise, and 2 pints of strawberry ice cream. Hmm. Simmons was executed via lethal injection on June 20th. The details of his... On June 20th... 2012, the story's <laughs> I think this is what they call an evergreen story. The details of his meal were shared by the Mississippi Department of Corrections. Simmons reportedly ate approximately half of the massive meal in the 90 minutes before he was put to death. He also tried a bit of everything aside from the chips. It's unclear if he finished the whole meal before he was killed. What's nice is that he doesn't have to worry about the heartburn the next day. Right? No, that's because those jalapenos, he doesn't care. Well, as I'm reading the the roster of of uh <coughs> the roster of, of his meal, I'm wondering he's doing this for a reason. Yes. Because what he wants is one final you you know middle finger sure. to the state. Or where, he just lacks self control. Well my guess is being the vindictive SOB that he mm. probably is he wants his body to essentially explode. Oh, got it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. When it releases itself. Because it's so, going to. Let's think about this. There's some guy in the penitentiary who is a good guy and he's working and he, he's on the duty of, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put one of these <laughs> guys. Yeah, we're putting one of these guys down tomorrow. Yeah. Right? And then he has to say, but you gotta run, you gotta make a food run. And then at some point in time, after you're buying all this food for a guy you're gonna kill the next day, you have to think to yourself, what are we doing? What are we doing? We have to say, hey, one, we're going to give you a last meal. We'll be respectful to you. But I'm not buying all this other stuff. You can have a pizza. Sorry if you don't like it. Congratulations. It won't matter. You know, write a report card out on the next day. You're, you're, you're not going to be here. I didn't think we'd get this philosophical, mm-hmm. but I know a couple of different people who work in corrections. Okay. And... I actually had a really good conversation about this, not this very topic, but about this with one of my friends that works in corrections. And she said, basically, you'd be astounded at what confinement can do to a person. In Mm -hmm. other words, because you deal with these people seemingly on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. right? And you get to know them a little sure. bit. You you never really try to divulge anything personal about no, yourself. No, but showing up. But for them, for the prisoner, yeah. what, what you know, they're, they're there. They're yeah. they're, they're yeah. Got, and, they, anybody they can talk to. And, and in this case, sometimes they're there till they leave this mm-hmm. world. And and so this person told me, well, what's funny is once you get them out of reality, they slowly resign to the fact that they realize, oh God, I. 
I ain't getting out of here. Yeah. Like this is it. Yeah. And so it humanizes them to a certain degree. Does that make any sure. sense? Sure. And so I find it fascinating to, to to hear that from someone where you could be talking about some of those brutal human beings on the planet, mm-hmm. but that they're still, still at human. some point they went mm-hmm. wrong. So at some point in their life, in their development at a certain age, they were just like you and just like yep. me, but yep. but they instead of walking straight ahead, they took that left sure. turn or, sure. or whatever. Or made some weird mistake or yeah, did drugs. Yeah, exactly. Or got, got hung up with the wrong crowd or, or whatever, and it snowballed. Do you believe in the death penalty? Oh, boy. I know this is deep. Um, I do, mm-hmm. but... I well, well, I'm I'm not going to go down the road. I I just almost went down. I I I do. In some horrific cases, I think it's necessary. Sure. Because we, you and I were talking about this before the show started. The reason we're in this mess that we're in right now, and I'm talking about the grand mess that we're in right now, is we lack so much accountability. And the reason that we have so many repeat offenders, and we have so much crime, and we have so much. What's the word I'm looking? We were talking about Chicago over the weekend. Um, just anarchy. Anarchy. The reason that this is all going on, th- this you didn't have thousands and thousands of kids gathering to essentially torch a major city mm-hmm. like Chicago. This didn't happen no. ten years ago. No. But the reason that this is going on is because we've put people in positions of power that have basically said it's not your fault. This is the fault of the system. Sure. Well, who the hell is that benefiting? Um, um. Because all you're doing is you're sending the message to said perpetrator that, well, nothing's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And it's happening in, in this market. Sure. You know, so if if, th- if there's no accountability, well, what's going to stop them from stealing a car over and over again? There was a, there was a story I was reading this morning. A 15-year-old girl right here in the Twin mm-hmm. Cities. Stole five different cars in one day and was released from jail um, multiple times um, on the same day. Yeah. What the hell are we what doing? What is going on? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. 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 But that is, a, I think that is a different level of deterrence than the death penalty. I always have had a problem but, with but the on death a, penalty. But on a much smaller level, yeah, I agree, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if, I mean, the death penalty, it's hard to say to somebody, don't kill or we'll kill you. Right, just in general, sure. that seems like a hey, it's not good for you, but we'll do it to you. But I, I, I think there's an open argument on the death penalty. But what you're talking about is this complete lack of anything for these people. They just have complete and utter. I can steal yep. cars all day long; it doesn't matter. Yep. What does it matter? My life doesn't change, and and someone's going to tell me that I, I did. And it, it's a shame because what we allow people to do right now is we let petty things turn into much bigger things and that someday we're going to turn this around again and we're going to say, hey, you can't do this stuff anymore. Well, we keep right? letting everything manifest to the point of we've lost control. We, the- we've lost control and someday we're going to pull that back. It's going to be a pendulum swing and we'll go the other direction. Maybe we'll get See, two. That's where you're the optimist um, and I fear that's not going to happen. It, it has to happen, right? It has to happen. I mean, I just, I, I believe it has to happen. You can't have... Um, a thousand children, because that's what they were in Chicago, mm-hmm. running amok down Michigan Avenue. You can't have it. It just 
can't happen. So you have to figure out ways to do that. You have to figure out some ways around that. And I hate it. Joe said it yesterday on uh, yesterday's show where he talked about this is not a they don't have enough soccer balls at at their sports thing where, you know, if only they had footballs, they could be playing football. That's not what this is. Well, and that's why when you say it's going to swing the other way, here's why I disagree with that, Mike. Look at what Chicago just put in place. Hmm. This this guy, Brandon Johnson, is that his name? Let's go with that. Sure. This guy is uh, made Lori Lightfoot look like a rock rib Republican mm-hmm. compared to this clown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that city's going to burn to the ground. Boeing left Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Yeah. And again, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, yeah. I get it. I want to remain hopeful. At some point in time, but, someone's going to say, this is not my house, right? I mean, otherwise, their entire downtown is going to be empty, and it, you know, and it's going to be well, just a free for all. And that's, San Francisco, it's going to happen. It's happening in San Francisco. But I think at at a point, someone's going to have to say, "Enough is enough. We have to do something about this," right? Well, and you know, and and I said, and I was pretty clear about it when when uh, the people broke into the Capitol on January sixth, right? I said, "Hey, if you truly broke in, not if you were escorted in, but if you broke in and pushed over cops, they should have shot you dead," right? I was pretty clear about that, but. When you go see this, the Walmarts in in Chicago that people are going in and stealing every single thing out of the Walmart with 480 people on it, my mind was, oh, that's the same thing. Those things are equivalent. They should have shot them dead, right? It's horrible to say that. (laughs) But but that's the only thing I can think of, right? Because you only have to do that once and people don't do that anymore, right? Right. People say, oh, that wasn't worth it. And I don't want anybody to die. Don't get me wrong. I know I'm being hyperbolic. But it's you have to do something big to make people say, oh, you can't go do this anymore. And all they'd have to do is do one little thing, one little thing, Reavers. And they have that 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 thing in, in the United States where if you have a gun and someone breaks into your house, you can do what's called stand your ground, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to run away from somebody coming into your house. They don't do that for private or public, like a business. You can't have a stand your ground at your business. You can't right. do that. But if they did... People would go in, attempt to do it, and they'd have a gun put in their face, and they'd be laying on the ground, and some cop would come get that person, right? Because it would be a totally different feel. You you don't have to run away from somebody doing that. And, you, and I think that's maybe, I mean, that would be horrible. We would be in the Wild West for a long time till people figured well, out and it was not Well, and unfortunately, that's, we're seeing in some cases, we are seeing some slight forms of vigilante justice, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I fear that that will increase as did, time goes on. Did you hear about this horrible, horrible case of this kind of uh, what sounded like a really talented young African-American kid who went to someone's house and he was picking up his Kansas twins? Kansas City. Kansas City. And, yeah, and, we and, talked about it on today's. What I know a you shocking it. story. Yeah, I mean. Well, it, it is, but then when you read some of it and then you see the, yeah. You, you, There's are, nuance to every story. Well, there you know. is, but this is just a cold this is just cold-blooded murder. And, yeah, and I mean, it, he just shot through the door. He didn't it, even open the it, it, to door. To the point where you want to look at someone like this guy and say, what are, what are you thinking? Well, what he's you... 85 years old. Someone pounded on his door at 10 o'clock. You don't know what's going on, right? I mean, you don't shoot through the door, right? right? But you don't know what's going on. But the saddest part is is this, this poor kid who was running from door to door to door to try to get someone to help him. And the person that eventually helped him said, you got to go lay down, put your hands above your head, like lay down. Like you, I'm not going to help you to you settle down. And people are screaming at that guy. The guy, what do you expect? What do you want if someone do? came to my house, shot in the head and arm, I'd say, uh, step away from my door. Or you I'm going to, you, you know, have no idea you what's have going no on. No idea if there's 20 right. guys chasing him. Right. right. It, it's really sad, but he was invited to the white house. Right. And it seems like it's a very tragic story. 
It's a very tragic story, but that's kind of a weird thing, right? I mean, African-American kids are getting killed all day, every day. Well, All day, every day, but and no one's inviting them to the White kid House. Kid, what the motive here is, it's we're, we're trying to politicize something that fits our narrative. Well, what a shame. It, that's a shame, because it's a tragic, tra- it tragic is. story, yep. and there's tragic stories every day, every day, mm-hmm. in all venues of, of race. I blame you know. Budweiser. Every time we get back to that Budweiser. Okay, <laughs> note to Budweiser. If you want to get it, and you know what I do what? when I'm mean to a friend, right? Like my buddy, I was out with my buddy the other day, and his wife walked by, I slapped her in the butt, and I said, let me buy you a drink. And he said, you can slap my wife in the butt as many times as you want as long as you buy me a drink. None <laughs> of that story happened. But what, my, what I'm saying is if you did somebody wrong, you buy him a drink, right? Uh-huh. And I think the president of the Budweiser should just say, guess what? We're buying everybody a Bud Light. It's on me. I'm going to not take my bonus this year. That would be really are cool. You, are you positioning for this new job that, I think that I could Budweiser run Bud just vacated? I think I could run Bud, Bud Light better than that guy. Although I, I feel bad for him because maybe he didn't even know that that campaign was going to happen. Guaranteed he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. No, guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, it's like, did it ever fall all the way to him? To well, like, when you watched the video of the clown that decided, that made the ultimate decision, you knew damn well uh, that the higher ups were saying, wait, we're doing what now? Wait, what we're doing, what wait just, we did what? What just happened? I just saw my my bonus slip away. Uh, our sales, we're not going to make our sales figures for well, the that year. Well, that, am I going to be Safe. Yeah, know, am I out the door? Oh, one hundred percent. A yeah. president could lose his job for that. That sucks. Yeah. We, you know what? Let's have some grace. This new stoicism that I'm experiencing. Let's just experience. <laughs> I, the, it's they, a new they, you. Yeah, they weren't implying anything ill will towards me. Right. So why am I feeling ill will towards them? I don't know. Right. I don't want to kill protesters. No. I don't want to. I want everybody <laughs> just to live happy. <laughs> Is that wrong? I, I sound like I'm just a mental you are, patient. You are joyous. Thank, Thank you. Reavers, you're the best. Please do us a favor. Rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening Not, to the Weekly Scramble. Episode. Maybe don't. Okay. Maybe don't review this particular one. But his name is Mike Fredoloni. My name is Chris Reavers. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers.